the growing of the beard to the length of one fist not to trim it before that and the importance of this was discussed now the second action to keep the ankles exposed that is not to cover the ankles with the trouser pants etc so as mentioned already that these two aspects that are related to the external self in terms of keeping a fistful beard and keeping the garments above the ankles initially for a person who hasn't yet taken that step it becomes a very very big struggle sometimes the struggle is nothing but the effects of the environment the company that a person keeps the people around one that's the struggle person is in an environment where everybody is doing something then he finds it very easy to do the same thing but he is in an environment where everybody is doing the opposite so now it becomes a battle and that is where the strength of iman is what drives a person forward then there's one story this is a parable just to highlight this very same lesson that depending where a person is what kind of environment he puts himself in and what everybody is doing around him then he starts doing the same thing so this is just for the moral of it but it highlights something that is a reality so one person went to live in some very remote place whatever his need was he had to go to some remote place to live so when he got there he found a very strange thing the very strange thing was that everybody had the tips of their noses cut so when the child used to be born so he used to cut the tip of the nose now the example whoever gave this parable for the first time this was a very significant aspect that was included in the example because this example is just merely apparently saying well they had the tips of their noses cut but this is a way of expression when somebody is feeling humiliated disgraced he is now he is feeling that his his nose was chopped off now that's exactly what is being indicated towards that these people were getting involved in things that we all chopping their noses basically so in any case now this person came to this place and everybody's got their nose tips of their nose cut now he's got a normal nose and he's looking at this very strange situation around him and he is finding this really ajeeb what's the problem with these people everybody is looking disfigured but then after a while he realized that everybody is looking at him in a very strange way because he was the only one there with a perfect nose 
But everybody else is looking at him in a way that as if he is something wrong with him. And every now and again he is noticing that somebody is nudging the next person and saying, look at this fellow's nose. So one day went past, two days, five days, ten days, and every now and again he is overhearing this. Eventually he thought, how long I am going to carry on like this? He went and chopped his nose. Went and trimmed, cut the tip of his nose off. So literally it's cutting the nose, but the figurative meaning is what is actually the message being conveyed. That everybody else was already humiliated and disgraced, but they thought about it as izzad. They thought about it as this is something that's our honor. Because that became the norm. Because that became the norm, so that became izzad now. We take it 10 years back, maybe 20 years back, when this whole fashion started, Perhaps it must have been less than 20 years, or a little bit more than that too, but just take it back to the time when it wasn't yet there. The fashion of having the hair cut in two totally different lengths, half the head, there's a full crop of hair, and the other half of the head, there's almost nothing. Now, in some circles, and in the fashion of the day, then that person is now in style. That person is somebody who now, others of that thinking and mindset will look up at him as somebody who's person of the style, person in, t- in, t- in tune with the times. But take it back 20 years back, 25 years back, 30 years back, the same people who would look up at him in sort of admiration, this person is in tune with the times, he is keeping up with the trends. If he did the same thing 25 years back, they would have made him a laughing stock. They would have mocked him and jeered him, the same people. Say, what's wrong with this fellow? Seems like there's a total imbalance now. Half the hair is there, half is not there, seems like something inside is gone, imbalance also. So they would have made him a laughing stock themselves. But then somehow that became, because dunya and the batil will keep changing, because something that now already starts becoming common, then gradually it starts losing its attraction for those who are looking for something else all the time. <coughs> so then that attraction is gone, so somebody will start off something totally different, which today people will laugh at and they'll be holding their stomachs laughing at it, but when that becomes the trend, they themselves will do it. If that adherence to the way of life of Nabi Karim is not there, and the real attraction of the sunnah hasn't been realized, and that the success is only in following the Mubarak way of Nabi Karim that has everything in it for us, but if we blinded to that, then that which people are laughing at today, they themselves will then take on to it tomorrow, because their whole issue is, follow the trends of the time, regardless of whatever it might be. So, this becomes a situation because of the environment, because of the kind of company a person keeps. So now the person went to a place where everybody is chopping their noses, he decided to chop his, and he found that to be the right thing to do. His whole thinking got warped, that something that he was finding so strange the first day, he was astonished and amazed, he was shocked, how can these people do this? But his own mind got so warped after a few days, that he found that to be, or regarded it to be, the right thing to do. And he went and did it. 
Now that's exactly what happens when a person keeps that kind of company, that kind of environment he stays in, he's reading that kind of literature and articles, he is associating with those kind of people who want to keep up with that kind of styles. Gradually what he himself would have laughed at one day, what he would have regarded as ridiculous, now he suddenly starts warming up to the idea initially and then he starts defending it, he starts doing it and then starts defending it also, he starts justifying it as well. So this is the issue that many of these things are all because of the environment we find ourselves in. So likewise these two actions we are talking about, the keeping of the beard one first length and now this action, the keeping of the garments above the ankles. Now, where has this come from? Who gave this importance to it? So this has come from nowhere but Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As we will understand from the discussion that will follow, the hadith regarding this aspect, that this hasn't been just thought of by anybody else. This has not come from some trend somewhere. This hasn't come from some style and fashion somewhere. This has come directly from Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And not just something that he encouraged, but something that he emphasized and something that he warned that don't ever do anything against this, don't act in the opposite manner because that will attract problems in Akhirat, in dunya as well. So, our direction, our guidance is not from the styles and the trends that go around, that will keep one day this and the next day something else and from it'll get from bad to worse and from worse to even something beyond that so the thing is that that is what people will then because of now around everybody starts doing something so they start regarding it as fashionable regarding it as something now praiseworthy but the reality is totally opposite we should never get caught up in these things now the issue comes that when because of the environment or because of people around person sometimes now finds it challenging to take the step because he perhaps was also now caught up in that same direction so initially he was not keeping that beard as was required keeping his garments above his ankles <clears throat> so now how does he overcome this situation the thing is that to the extent that we develop this in our hearts and minds that I am the creation of Allah Ta'ala nobody else created me I am the servant and the slave of Allah Ta'ala nobody else is slave my whole existence it is based on La ilaha illallah there is none worthy of worship but Allah Ta'ala I worship Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala has given me the way to follow is the way of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوا وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Whatever the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given you فَخُذُوا You hold on to that, take that on What he has refrained you from, forbidden you from then refrain from it And this is the perfect way of life Everything else will keep changing but this perfect way of life will never change because something that's perfect, there's no need to change it. There's no change that can be brought into something that's perfect. The same story of somebody trying to reinvent the wheel, he's going to crash badly somewhere. 
So something that's perfect doesn't need any change. Therefore the sunnah will never change. Because it's perfect. But the trends and the fashions of the West and all the other styles, you'll find it forever changing because there can never be any consistency in it because it's so full of everything being ridiculous, being laughable. But just that because now it became the trend, people are finding it in their own minds admirable because they decided to chop their nose also. So the thing is, now the issue is to start the starting point, La ilaha illallah. So the zikr that we make, La ilaha illallah, is not just to just recite something only, the very recitation itself is full of barakat and blessing. The very recitation has tremendous rewards, but together with the recitation of La ilaha illallah, and taking the rewards, taking the blessings of it, the nur that comes into the heart with it, together with all that, to reaffirm what this is all about. That this is a complete negation of everything but Allah Ta'ala. Our entire Iman starts off on this point of negation. That till the Ghayrullah is not negated, the reality of Tawheed won't come. The whole reality of Tawheed hinges first on negation. Negation of Ghayrullah. La ilaha illallah. So till that la ilaha hasn't come, that reality of illallah won't really sit deeply in the heart. So the negation that I am nobody's, I am nobody's, I am only Allah Ta'ala's. Nahi hu kisi ka, to kyu hu kisi ka? Usi ka, usi ka hua ja raha hu, this is a couplet of Hazrat Rahmatullah if I don't belong to anybody else, so why should I make myself somebody else's? I'm giving myself and devoting myself entirely to the one who I belong to. Belong to Allah Ta'ala alone. And therefore, when somebody passes away or some other issue comes up, we have been taught and in the Quran Sharif we say, Inna Lillah. That we belong to Allah alone. And since we belong to Allah alone, we submit to Him entirely. And we'll return to Him as well. Everything for Allah alone. Our very living and our dying. For Allah alone. So when a person has reaffirm that and he has developed that in his heart that's the starting point so there will be challenges there will be challenges people will make some comments somebody will say something somebody will laugh somebody will have some thing to now say but the person who has started off at this point and understood this reality then all this doesn't matter to him yes it might sometimes be hurtful, that people are making hurtful comments, humiliating him, making a mockery of him. Tabiat of insan, if somebody mocks him, he feels some offense to it, he takes offense, he feels hurt sometimes. That's insan's tabiat. But he'll be ready for the sabr on that tabiat. When a person is faced with these kind of challenges, then the very, very effective thing is to read about the incidents of the pious. And starting off with obviously the incidents of the Sahaba Ikram, 
that when Nabi Kareem presented deen to them and obviously the sacrifices of Nabi Kareem that's right at the top of it all and then when the Sahaba Ikram when they took the invitation of Nabi Kareem to heart and they took the step into deen the environment around them was completely against them and what they went through and how they remained steadfast despite whatever they were put through the stories of Sahaba Fadail Amal is filled with all these incidents that's something to take and read and not just for the sake of some historical uh, facts and just for the sake of just knowing what, what the incident was but to take that inspiration into our hearts that what steadfastness they showed how firm they remained despite whatever the challenges were so what I am facing is not even a fraction of what they faced so if somebody laughs at us, somebody mocks us actually there are those pious people when somebody sometimes mocked them, somebody laughed at them in their hearts they became very happy happy over what? not happy that they were mocked but happy that they also got some resemblance this is an involuntary thing but some resemblance in what Nabi Karim went through it's an involuntary thing, it's not something a person should try to happen make it happen that now he tells somebody that when I'll pass by you must mock me that is completely upside down thinking but it is something that if it ever happens then rather than take the wrong end of the stake one is sabr and the other is but my Nabi Karim went through this who am I, an unworthy person like me? Allah Ta'ala gave me also this little resemblance. Despite what I am and how sinful I am, but in this particular matter, Allah Ta'ala gave me this little resemblance also, that I too had to face something for the sake of deen. Not that we ask for this. We shouldn't ask for it. We should ask for afiyat. Ask for safety from all difficulties, challenges, hardships. But if something happens, then the mindset is that to think about it in this light so the thing is number one obviously sabr is required in all this and the starting point is la ilaha illallah that I belong to Allah alone I worship none but Allah Ta'ala so if somebody is saying something somebody is mocking me somebody is making some comments but because I am trying to do what Allah is pleased with if that is what's the outcome, I have to just accept that and carry on. Allah will turn the tide. The day will come when Allah Ta'ala will turn the tide. And the very people who today might be mocking, laughing, the day will come when they will come to you for the advice of, they want to do the same thing. What they were mocking you for, they'll come to you for the advice, how do I also get onto the same path? But we do it for Allah Ta'ala alone. Please Allah Ta'ala not to impress anybody not for people's recognition people's admiration Allah must become pleased that's the ultimate, that's the goal that Allah Ta'ala must become pleased so this is the background that we should always be taking these things in and as mentioned that the initial step becomes a challenge for people but once a person has taken it, this is done for life meaning once he's made that decision and he's taken it, he's adopted this 
he has kept his beard to the first length, he has kept his garments now above his ankle, he's done now. There's no, then after that, the thought might even cross his mind sometimes, but what was so difficult about this? What I was making such a mountain out of this? Such a simple thing, and it's done. But yes, the initial step, shaitan comes in the way, and all the things come in the way, that's the challenge that we have to undertake, and then it's done. Hazrat writes that it is haram and a major sin for males to cover their ankles with their garments. The narration of Bukhari Shari states, Ma asfala min al ka'baini min al izari fin nar. That whatever portion of the ankles is covered by any garment, such as the pants, the kurta, any other garment will be in the fire. It is clearly understood from this narration that to cover the ankles is a major sin. Since the warning of punishment of the fire of Jahannam is not given with regard to minor sins. Many a times, Shaitan puts all kinds of thoughts in the mind, especially when a person wants to now undertake something, or sometimes when he's trying to find ways of trying to keep himself out of something but find some justification for it. So then, what kind of a service will come? What kind of questions people then start saying? But what difference it makes if a person doesn't keep his garments above his ankles? What he'll lose? And what somebody else will? He's not harming anybody. He took somebody's money away. He hurt somebody. He said something to somebody. He's keeping his garment below his ankles, not hurting anybody else. So there are many, many different ways of which to understand this. There's one incident. There was one poet in India and he used to recite some very, very touching poetry, compose some very touching poetry in the praise of Rasulullah So he composed one poem, that poem reached somebody, one poet all the way in Iran. Now this poet, poem was in Persian. At one point in time, even in India, Persian was very commonly spoken and it was a common language. So now this reads somebody in Iran, which is the language mother tongue of the place. The poet in India, in Iran, when he read this, he was also a good Muslim. And when he read this, he got very affected by it and so inspired by it that he, it, very strong urge came in his heart that I should meet this person. Mashallah, his poetry has had such an, a deep impact on my heart, it inspired me so much. So this person must be a very great personality, I need to go and meet him. So he traveled all the way and finding out and getting somehow, he finally came to the hometown of this person. When he got there, they told him he is busy having, he's gone to the barber. So he went to find where he is. When he got there, to his astonishment and shock, this person was seated on the barber's chair and he was having, busy having his beard shaven. Now on the one side, the poetry was so deeply expressing the love of Nabi Karim wasallam, which had such a deep impact on this person that he traveled all the way out of respect and to meet the personality that if his words impacted on me so much, by meeting him, I'll be inspired even more. So he came all the way, and now he's standing here and seeing this, which was a really shocking scene for him. So in that shock now, 
he just, because he's come with such eagerness, he spent so much of time and effort and money to come, and he's come for this purpose to meet this person. And now this is how he's seeing him and meeting him. This is the first meeting. So in that amazement and that shock and that look on his face at that time, he asked this person off the cuff, what are you up to? So in Persian he asked him, what are you up to? So another person immediately realized what he's getting at and probably read the situation that this person might have come to meet me or whatever and he's shocked at what I'm doing. So now the same story, the person now sitting on the barber's chair, he replied and said in his very casual manner, what I'm doing, I am shaving my beard, I am not hurting anybody. Now when person is, now one is to be doing something wrong, but then when shaitan starts getting grips of a person, take a person in his clutches, then rather than acknowledge what I am doing is wrong, my weakness, I need to make toba from this, shaitan starts whispering all kinds of baseless justifications for it. So this person also, his response was, I am not hurting any, I am not cutting anybody's heart, that's what he said. I am shaving my beard. Dile kase nami darat. What he said was, I am not cutting anybody's heart. So this visitor who came all the way now to visit him and to see him and meet him, he replied immediately. He said, you are not cutting anybody else's heart, but you are hurting the heart of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You are cutting the heart of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is his Mubarak way and he has emphasized it. Now you are sitting and doing this, you are cutting his heart. Now when there is some, some goodness in a person's heart, so he can slip also because of whatever his environment might be, because of whatever other influences, because of something or the other. But if there is some, some sincerity somewhere and a person is not bent on doing things upside down, then that comes to the fore. When he heard this, he immediately responded also. He said, Jazakallah ke chashmam baaz karbi. May Allah reward you. You've opened my eyes. I thought I was doing nothing wrong. May Allah reward you. You've opened my eyes. That was the qurbani of this person came all the way and the sincerity with which he said it, that a person in the midst of that wrong also, it struck his heart. And he realized his folly. He said, I am very grateful to you. Allah Ta'ala reward you abundantly. You opened my eyes. I thought I was hurting nobody. But this is hurting the Mubarak heart of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now that is the, the driving force in a person. If this develops in his heart, that what is going to please Allah Ta'ala and what is going to bring comfort to the Mubarak heart of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that is what I go to do. Then somebody is happy about it, somebody is unhappy, not going to go get into fights with people. Wrong thing, because of people's comments and people's, uh, somebody is mocking and somebody is jeering, we have to show the strength of Iman and remain firm and steadfast and do the right thing. So,
especially sometimes it might be somebody who's maybe sometimes it happens that parents might have the wrong end of the stick they might be nudging in a wrong direction it happens unfortunately they may not have had the opportunity of having the chance to learn deen in the way that maybe we had they may not have had the opportunity of being of listening to some talks of deen etc being in the path of allah taala whatever other ways of getting inspired towards deen so now they are on some other wavelength as we call it so the very important thing is there's two separate matters here one issue is respect respect will never be and can never be compromised respect for parents will never be compromised and can never be compromised regardless of who they may be let alone being just in jahalat meaning they are people of iman but in jahalat unfortunately let alone that even if they are not even muslim allah forbid they are in shirk and that is in the quran sharif wa in jahadaka ala an tushrika bima laysa laka bihi ilmun fala tuti'huma wa sahibhuma fi dunya ma'rufa that even if those parents are pressurizing that child to commit shirk Allah Taala says, "Don't ever obey that." Falatu tihuma. You can never obey that. But in the same breath, as we'll call it, wasahibuhuma fi dunya ma'arufa. But treat them kindly in the world. Despite what they are trying to do, they are trying to force that child towards shirk. Allah Taala says, "Don't ever obey that." But you still deal with them kindly. Even in that condition too, you will still not say "uff" to them. wala taqul lahuma uff applies even here you will not accept the wrong but you will still not disrespect them so now that's a very fine line so the one part of it is that the respect will never be compromised but the other part of it is will never bend the rule of allah taala for anybody but without compromising the respect so the respect will remain the manner in which one will say something to if he has to now correct them he will correct them with respect if he has to express his inability to do what they want him to do because it's wrong but he'll do it with respect he won't go on a tangent now that you all are jail you don't know what's going on i have studied so hard and you all should be asking me or telling me what to do that is completely not in order the manner in which he speaks forget what what he says even the very tone in how he speaks that too cannot be compromised these are very very important things sometimes a person mashallah becomes conscious of now maybe once upon a time he too was lax so now he became conscious of his salah he's making salah five times a day very conscious of making it with takbir ul also he's making tilawat all the time and he is engaged in dini work etc so now suddenly he is gone on to another note where anyone and everyone comes in his way even if it is his parents they will all see the short end of his stick now that on the one side what good is happening mashallah excellent but this is also a very serious wrong this is a very serious wrong and allah forbid 
it can end up wiping out those good deeds also. So, the issue was we were discussing that sometimes it might be parents that are forcing a person into the wrong line of doing something that's incorrect. So we will not be able to uh, accept that. Sometimes people go on to some ajeeb extremes. Say, but now, my mother is saying to me that if I, if I don't accept what she's saying, I now dress in this manner, or I do that, then I'm going to be breaking her heart, and if I break her heart, then this lanat is going to fall on me. Now, as soon as that word lanat came somewhere in the middle, now this bichara, his whole sleep went away, and his whole, everything went upside down. Now he says, worried about lanat. But when he was now tempted by shaitan to do the wrong things, that time he didn't think about the lanat of Allah Ta'ala. Hazrat Amr ibn Asr ta'ala his mother, when he accepted Islam, so his mother is now insisting, no, you must give up this. She said, I cannot give it up. So eventually when she couldn't convince him in any other way, she said to him that I will not eat and drink anything till you give up this deen. Now he was very attached to his mother, very close to her. And this was very painful for him. And now she is withering away because she's now stopped eating and drinking completely. And now this is extremely difficult upon him. And he is observing this, but he is steadfast on his iman. Eventually one day when she again tried to persuade him, he told her, look, if you can have a hundred lives and you die a hundred times in this way, but I will be very painful for me, but I can never give up this deen of Nabi Karim Salaam presented to me. I have now turned to Allah Ta'ala, I will never ever give this. So hearing this determination, she broke this vow of hers never to eat and she came into Iman. So the, the difficulty was that that lanat never falls anywhere. The lanat that somebody makes because somebody wants to do the right thing, that doesn't come anywhere. All these things are just from shaitan, that's something never to have the slightest, never even affect one in the slightest but these kind of things don't affect anybody. What affects us is the wrong we do. The wrong that we do, this attacks the lanat of Allah Ta'ala. As we will discuss further, the very common sin of casting haram glances, lustful glances, this attacks the lanat of Allah Ta'ala. That is what we should be worried about. Not because we are not doing the wrong thing and somebody says, oh, the lanat will fall on you, that lanat don't fall anywhere. So, this is the very important aspect that we should be concerned about what's going to please Allah Ta'ala. So, this, this story that we started off, we digressed on, that people have, but what I'm doing, I'm not hurting anybody. So one is this, this incident highlights already to us that it is not what we think whether we're hurting somebody or not. It is what Deen has given us, what Nabi Karim Salaam has told us. Then the second thing is that Deen is not about what we think. Deen is about what Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu have given. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala said if Deen was based on what our logic is. Had Deen been based on our logic. Now, 
we might have used it also we've seen others use it sometimes the leather hoof the leather sock now if a person is wearing a leather sock not the ordinary cotton socks the leather sock then it is permissible to make masa on it at the time of wudu there are various masail that are related to it what duration of time he can keep that on provided he has completed his wudu and now he wore the hoof after making complete wudu then now the next time that he is making wudu he just made masa on the hoof various details and masail fulfilling all that so that masa on the hoof is permissible that will be valid meaning the wuzu now will be complete he'll perform his salah after that masa on the hoof in that wuzu that's valid his salah is in order as well now when he makes masa on that hoof where does he make masa on he makes masa on the upper end of the hoof on the upper end of the foot the hoof that's where he draws from his toes and he draws it upwards now ali radhiyallahu says that if Deen was based on our logic. One is now when a person makes wudu, he washes his foot. Now here he is excused from washing the foot, so he is told, okay, you can make masa on the hoof because you are wearing the hoof, and you fulfill whatever the other masail and requirements are, so you can make your masa. So then at least the least should have been that make the masa under the hoof because that's the portion that is now touching the ground. So there might be some dust on it. There might be some maybe whatever else. So the least is that okay, it's not being washed, so that masa will now decrease whatever the dust is. So the logic in our our logic tells us no, no, rather make the masa under. But Deen is not based on our logic. We submit to what Nabi Karim Salaam gave us. Ama atakumur Rasulu fakhudu, ama nahaqum anhu fantahu. So we don't base it on our logic. So Ali radiAllahu Taala is saying that if that was the case, then we should have been making masa of the khuf under it, not on the top. But that is not part of the sunnah at all to make any masa under it. It will be just confined to the upper portion. Deen is not what we think about it. Deen is what has been given to us by Allah Tabaraka wa Taala and by Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That's Deen. Person goes for Hajj and now he's in Makkah Mukarramah and he's come with such eagerness and he's now 50 years he's saving up and mashallah after 50 years Allah Taala open the doors for him so now he's come with 50 years now he's saving and that jazba and that zeal and he's been hearing the virtue one salah in the haram of makkah mukarrama is multiplied 100000 so now he's come with such zeal but he's reached there now just two days before hajj so now he's still that's still bubbling in him one day before hajj is only reached and now suddenly it's already the day to now leave for mina so now it's the 8th of zulhijjah He told now your fajr salah is done now now you go to mina he said but i just came only last night and this 100000 sawab and i have saved for 50 years and i want this 100000 sawab says you can carry on making your salah here and gaining the 100000 sawab you'll get that but your hajj will never get complete now you've come for hajj allah's command is now and nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam's tariqa is now you leave the haram sharif and go to mina and the sawab and reward is now greater for you in fulfilling what nabi akram sallallahu taught you the sawab is now in that so this is not deen that what i think about it what comes to my mind so now but what is the issue now about keeping the garments below the ankles who is hurting a mu'min there's no agar magar in it there's no ifs and buts 
it is what and how no ifs and buts <coughs> what I'm supposed to do and how am I supposed to do it he'll ask in the light of shariat what I'm supposed to do and how am I supposed to do but that's enough why I'm supposed to do it also he doesn't worry that's not his issue he doesn't get into the why why? the only answer for him the why is it's from Allah it is Rasul that's it Allah Ta'ala opens out the hikmat and the wisdom to somebody Alhamdulillah Allah's na'mad but that's not his concern really his concern is what and how Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we understand the reality of deen the true essence of deen the real color of deen everything has some various attributes to it so there's sometimes some portion of it we understand something we miss out but the true flavor of deen is something else that zawq that comes from the true adherence to the sunnah and this we learn from the lives of our akabir how they understood this and how they lived it we see the true color and the flavor of deen in their lives this is what we have to learn as well Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq